This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, cover everything sport, international and local. How are you guys doing out there? Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority. You've been chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube. Shout out to everyone on Instagram as well, who is locked in. And of course, I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. Right, what's coming up on the show today? This, um... This whole Ballon d'Or thing is getting out of control now, man. Following the reaction of the Ballon d'Or, uh, a lot of people have been questioning who has the final say, how does this award get, you know, uh, given to these, well, not to these people, to one person, and what is it based on? So we're going to break that down for you. We're going to give you the inside scoop on exactly what happens and how they reach the decision whether it's crazy or whether it's fair um we're going to be talking about that who finished in the top 10 and we're going to actually see if this is the last time Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are in the mix for the Ballon d'Or the rugby sevens is happening at the moment in the UAE and obviously you know that is a festivity in itself so we'll be discussing that and we've also got a sports documentary watch which normally on the halftime show I drop You know, a documentary that maybe is worth having a look at, depending on how the review is. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that and make sure you don't go nowhere in the next hour because we've got plenty on the show. And of course, we're taking all your questions for the hour on anything health, sports related on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Mustafa, enjoy. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire then! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Yes, we are back and we are live on Pulse 95 Radio. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in, keeping me company wherever you are around the world. What's up, Dino? I see you just entered the room. Uh, Big Nathan is tuned in as well. First time, love that. Uh, Masoud, of course, our regular India. Mustafa over here. Uh, You've got Lola, you've got Bernie, you've got... Um, Maria, you've got um, who else have you got here? You got Fatima, you got Rudy uh, as well. You got Shakib all the way from Serbia tuned in as well. Yusuf and uh, and Lil Singh as well. It's, it's all in here doing their thing. Shout out to everyone. Okay, right. So uh, following the reaction of the Ballon d'Or, right? This is this has got out of hand. Questions were asked: Who has the final say uh, when it comes to the award, and what is it based on? So we're going to give you an insight on how these awards are decided uh, and and who's responsible for handing Messi another Ballon d'Or. It's nuts how Messi won that. Okay, so a little scoop on the Ballon d'Or. It's 180 journalists from 180 countries who vote on the award. 
Yes, it's based in France regarding where it comes from in terms of the deciders. However, with the situation now following COVID, etc., the journalists weren't allowed to travel as freely. It's quite expensive with all the tests and everything to be able to go and see their favorite footballers to decide. So the vast majority don't actually get a chance to travel and see them up close and personal, which is something that used to happen quite often. So these 180 journalists from 180 countries decide who wins the Ballon d'Or. And if you saw the result, spoiler alert, you probably hidden under a rock if you don't know who's won. But Lionel Messi won the award again. Last year, it was scrapped off. Don't know why, (laughs) but it was scrapped off. But as Messi conceded himself that Lewandowski should have won it last year. Now, the criteria of the award is based on three categories. The first category is individual and team performances. And when you think about it, this is spread over across a year. So they're looking at how the players or the Ballon d'Or, you know, wins this award. And it's not actually a full year. It's from January the 1st to October 24th. That's another thing. So you're not actually going the whole year through because obviously it gets decided after that. The second criteria uh, category is sportsmanship and talent. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to come up with a reason why Messi would have won this. But of course, in terms of sportsmanship and in terms of hardly getting into fights, etc., even though he gets kicked lumps out of, you would probably assume that that's something he definitely has. And of course, one of the most talented individuals ever. So that would go under that. The third one, which is a bit amusing, the third one is career achievement. Now, on the way these two are going, Messi and Cristiano, they're going to be in this category for the rest of their life, as long as they're alive in the sport, based on the third category of criteria. But as we look at the actual individuals itself and we look at how the Ballon d'Or was decided, Lionel Messi won the Copa America with Argentina for the first time and hence put his name in, you know, let's say in in the list for Ballon d'Or. Lewandowski's goal-scoring record and his involvement in Bayern Munich has been fantastic and even for his nation, but especially for his club. Jorginho is someone else who is in the running and he finished third. Jorginho winning the Euros, which is the equivalent of obviously the Copa America in South America, but also winning the Champions League. And his name would have been definitely put in there because of his career achievement, his individual and team performances, and his talent. So why has he finished third? That's another one. Benzema was four. Kante was five. I mean, Kante should have his own award period. Kante is just incredible. Uh, Cristiano in at six. Um, again, you know, uh, should he be there? Should he be in the top 10? Um, Muhammad Salah at seven. Uh, this I don't get. Muhammad Salah at seven. Um, I mean, I'm no Liverpool fan, but seven is a stretch for, for Mo Salah, especially continuously breaking the records he's breaking to finish at seven. Kevin De Bruyne at eight, Kylian Mbappe at nine, and Gigi Donnarumma at 10. Uh, following winning the Euros as well. Maybe if it's based on individual and team performance, he would be a bit higher up. So that's basically explaining the top 10. Now, a lot of people are saying that Messi didn't deserve it. But my question to you and the question for today, and I want you to text me on 4215 or still up into my DMs, is who did deserve to win it and why? Give me the why. Because right now it's very easy to say Messi didn't deserve it. 
but who deserved it and why when you when you feed me that then we can start um, jumping into the argument a bit more because it really does have a lot uh, behind it especially when you know who voted where it's coming from why they voted for him surely no one's going to take it seriously next year if these two names are mentioned there and here's one to throw out there as well when you look at you know someone like um, Kante or you look at someone like uh, Jorginho and the way that they run games shouldn't they be a little bit higher up there I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting it, I'm just putting it out there. Let me know. 4215 at the Salat or do tell me who you think deserved to win it and why. Give me some valid, uh, you know, valid points. And we're going to mention it on the show. Uh, also, shout out to uh, my beautiful wife and my mom who are always tuned in. <laughs> and congratulations to Isa on his wedding. My Condado FC player uh, got married yesterday. Congratulations and wishing you a long life of happiness with the missus. Right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Here's some love runs out. One Republic. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire What's the goal? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. <laughs> Sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Dury. Wow, thank you very much for the comments. Some really, really good comments following the first segment. As I thought I'd start off with a bang, you know, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Obviously, it's been about a week since I've seen you guys and I've missed you guys. So I thought, you know what? Let me just throw that ballon d'or all over the show and start and see what fizzles out of it. And that's exactly what's been happening. Everyone's been talking um, about. So, who have I got here? I've had some really cool suggestions from. Florin and Safe and um, Mustafa and uh, AK as well. I mean, you know, people are saying that Mendy should have been in there. Why not? You know, Mendy uh, from Chelsea, the goalkeeper, uh, saying that, you know, he's from the wrong part of the world, uh, wrong color. You know, that's why they were, he wasn't judged. For me, I hate, I hate saying stuff like that. But the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating what they're saying is because these are these are these are their opinions. Um, it's hard. It's honestly really hard to, to to be able to not see like Mohamed Salah doing what he deserves. Uh, I mean, if he doesn't win it next year on the way that he's going this year, oh my God! And I know it's early, and I know it gets as I said to you, it gets judged from January the first to October twenty fourth before the results come in, and these journalists will hopefully be able to travel more to see them instead of watching it on TV, it is kind of different in person. But, uh, I don't know. Um, comment here, Lewandowski should protest because he should have won it last year. That's what Messi said. Uh, Ballon d'Or is an award for individual performance. It shouldn't be judged by stats, playmaking, leadership, France, football. Should make it clear what the criteria is to award. Well, actually, AK, I mentioned it earlier in terms of uh, what is required and what the categories are and how it's been voted. And yet, yeah, it still don't make sense. From what they've said, um, Check out the first segment if you've missed it. It's going to be on our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio. Okay, right. So in the UAE, in the UAE, wow. <laughs> in the UAE, one of the biggest events uh, of the year is the Rugby Sevens. And honestly, the hype behind this, it's an event. You know, 
people get together from all around the world to, to watch their favorite countries play it's a it's a good vibe people are you know are out there it's the region's largest sports entertainment festival uh, and it is in uh, dubai sevens which is insane from the 2nd to the 4th of december that's what that's when it happens yesterday you had a bunch of uh, of results uh from france beating fiji 22 17 to um, the USA, yeah, yeah, USA playing rugby. Uh, for, beating Canada, 38-14. You had uh, the close encounter between uh, Great Britain and Ireland, 24-21. Uh, South Africa absolutely bounced J- Japan out of the building with 48-0. to, to, to zero. And it started to get more and more interesting, obviously, as the day got on. Now, today, there's been some more games, obviously, going on. Australia beat Ireland 24-12. Fiji beat Canada 33-19. Uh, Argentina beat Great Britain 33-12. Spain were on it 31-7. South Africa beat Kenya 31-19. You got a couple of good things. And then again, Great Britain and Ireland 24-19. Coming up later, uh, or actually should be on now, USA versus Kenya, Australia versus Argentina, France versus South Africa. That'll be good. That's a cup semi-final, that one. And then uh, Great Britain... Uh, it hasn't been decided yet because they're still waiting the winner from the other game. So there's a, there's a few things happening today. And I think when you normally see how happy people get when they get back into it, they get back into going to watch their favorite sport, going to watch their favorite teams. You know, there's a great team called Condado FC. We get a couple of fans. Shout out to Hiba. She's here in the <laughs> Instagram live. And Amon as well, who's not only one of the uh, main players, but also now uh, supporting the team. But yeah, you do get... This feeling, and I and like I said this before, we're very fortunate to be on this part of the world where we get a chance to um, do things the proper way. The government has, you know, has really been has really handled the whole COVID situation so well that now people are allowed back into stadiums and are allowed back to watch their sports. And I think it's it's so refreshing to see because from you know from senior to to grassroots, you get a chance to to go and support your teams and and it makes. It makes a difference for the athletes. It makes a difference for the staff, the coaches. Just having people around to support, it really does bring back and resume some sort of normality in sport, which is so important to have, where you have teams that, you know, train and get together and work hard to, to perform in front of their loved ones, their family, their friends. And I, uh, I'm very, very happy to see, you know, rugby might not be my sport, but seeing fans get back into stadiums and, and being able to do things like this is is really refreshing and it also shows what a great um great job that the government here has done in the uae in sharjah in dubai all the emirates to be able to to have sports back um you know fans back you know being able to watch your favorite team and your favorite sport is great love that okay cool we're gonna take a quick break. what's up marcus marcus another uh, the emirates pilot actually he was on the national day uh special i interviewed him as well brazil is in the building um we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back we're talking sports documentaries next i know a lot of people like motivation right the sports documentary review is about a famous italian institution and team right if you can guess let me know syria lovers you will enjoy that that's my little hint to you i'll see you right after the break folks don't go anywhere uh be right back after this tune glee rumor has it and someone like you here we go this is the halftime show 
with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we are back and we are live on Pulse 95 Radio. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. And a special shout out to one of our regular listeners, Florin, who's always tuned in from New York. Now, who just had a daughter, actually. Fantastic. Now, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Florin, but if I don't get this right, please tell not to be mad at her uncle. Um, right. Tino Ola, Iru Lua Abiola. Right? What a beautiful name. So congratulations, Florin, uh, and the other half as well. And hope, hope I get a chance to meet uh, the princess in the near future. Okay, right. So a couple of questions coming in here. Uh, Imruni, thoughts on Arsenal versus Manchester United? And Florin jumps in straight away and says, one of the unwritten rules, we don't talk about Arsenal versus United. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, actually, to be fair, listen, I, you know, I'm a student of the game, so I'm okay to talk about it. And I'll answer your question, actually. I thought, honestly, um, a very, very good game for the neutral. Very, very good game for the neutral. I think anyone who was watching the game, the old school games where it's end-to-end stuff, um, it was good to watch. Uh, both teams, and I was we were having this conversation uh, <laughs> while we were playing football last week as well. Both teams desperate to win. Arsenal at the moment currently uh, on top of Manchester United, but Manchester United... You know, with the transition of manager, although Carrick did quite a good job drawing with Chelsea and being Arsenal um, and beating Villarreal as well, I think it was, um, done well. So so I think overall, again, I think the incidents in the game probably stole the show. How? And I, yesterday I was at a wedding and I uh, heard some, I don't know if they were trying to wind me up, but I heard some of the uh, United fans saying, of course it was a foul. The player fouled his own player. <laughs> How can you give a free kick if Fred fouls De Gea, if he steps on his toe? You know, the worst thing is, if De Gea actually stood up and didn't fall on the ground and rolled around, he would have saved the shot anyway. Oh, it almost hit him while he was on the ground. So, yeah, that's my two cents on that. Um, a game of two penalties. Again, I think probably, you know, Odegaard was silly in, in, in challenge. People will say that Fred left his leg, but still very naive from Odegaard. And yes, it was a penalty. Harry Maguire's double pull <laughs> on Tomas Tomiyasu is oh, as mate as they comes. But I, I, to be honest, I think a, a draw would have been a fair result. United got away with it for sure, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. No one's going to remember that. They just can remember the three points. And it's, you know, there's bigger things to come now because obviously the new coach is in and he's going to be able to actually, you know, coach his players. So let's see. It will be very, very close. Um, I think, uh, you know, how. <laughs> certain decisions are made in this game is unreal but for the neutral I'm sure you guys enjoyed it you know it was a good game I'm actually surprised that Arsenal you know actually tried to play football uh, against the big names of Manchester United and actually in spells did very very well when you look at the uh, the two teams you know Arsenal have no right to be beating uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford but hey listen it's a, it's a good identity of where you know where Arteta wants to go, what's the direction he wants to play at. And yes, they got absolutely trounced against Liverpool. 
Um, and there was no chance in that game. Absolutely no chance. I think they had a chance in this game and they actually could have taken something away from it. So I hope I've answered your question, um, M. Rooney. Right, okay, sports documentary. Now, there's a lot There's a lot of sports documentaries out at the moment. And um, and uh, one of the, 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 the famous um, series that is going out at the moment is All or Nothing. So they have it in American football, they have it in football, they have it in, um, in, in different sports. But the one that's out at the moment is based on uh, Juventus of Italy, which is an institution that, you know, everyone kind of really knows about Juventus. They've got their own university. They're one of the best at uh, nutrition and the way you should be managing your body and all sorts of things like that. So I really like the direction of picking an Italian team rather than they've picked Manchester City before, they've picked Tottenham and etc. What I like about this one, Cristiano Ronaldo is in this one. And again, he's a star. I mean, he's a superstar. Uh, Pirlo is the coach of this uh, season. And he's very chilled. Actually, the first episode, if you like Italian food, this is going to be so random. If you like Italian food, I blame him for the whole family going out for Italian yesterday because we watched the first episode of All or Nothing, Juventus. And there's a, there's a scene where Pirlo is with his family and he's having, you know, he's having dinner and it made us all hungry. <laughs> it really made us all want to go eat Italian food. <laughs> and everyone yesterday, my cousin, my mom, my wife and I all went to eat Italian food yesterday and we were just talking about <laughs> the Pirlo episode. Um, unbelievable. I mean, again, you would think that that's the last thing we talk about is football, uh, food, when it comes down to a football documentary. But it was more than just football. It was, it was a family episode. So that was that. Cristiano Ronaldo, the athlete, uh, the person, who gets a lot of criticism as well, by the way. He gets a lot of criticism for, uh, you know, just being Cristiano. But there's, a, there's a, again, a great scene in, in, this, uh, in this documentary. I would advise, if you guys are, uh, are fans of the sport or if you're fans of Italy or Serie A or, or Juventus or Pirlo or Cristiano Ronaldo, it's worth watching. There's um, a scene when they're training and you have the director, the, uh, the, uh, the, the scouting director and also the chairman standing next to each other and in awe of Cristiano Ronaldo while he's training. And they're talking to each other, which, by the way, throughout the documentary, they're not always saying nice things about the players, but they're talking to each other. And Cristiano is training, and all of a sudden, you just see them go, he's a monster. <laughs> and the other two go, yeah, he's a monster. Why? Because he spends extra time on himself to try and, and be the athlete that we know him as. So any aspiring athletes out there, anyone who, who wants to just be better, whichever sport you play, that's one of the role models at 36, I believe 36, 37 right now, who's still performing at the highest, highest level. When these uh, people, ex-players and professionals, uh, you know, drop their jaw about Cristiano, there's a reason for it. And this documentary highlights that. I don't think the documentary is my favorite from all of them. But for those that, you know, want to see something different, you know, want to see a different country, because normally it's England that they highlight and they focus on, then I think this is the documentary for it. Um, the, Pirlo is so relaxed as a coach. Uh, I, asked, uh, I asked Maria, what do you think of him as a coach? She goes, great. I said, why? He's so calm and so relaxed and, you know, as if he doesn't care. But that's just his approach. And if you know him as, a, as an athlete and you know him as a coach, he's very, very similar. Very relaxed, very chilled. Uh, whilst his team 
are intense. You see the Kalinis in there. You see the Bonucci's in there. Uh, you see uh, the, the youth of uh, Chiesa. Uh, so it was it was interesting. And of course, the 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 monster himself, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. So yeah, if you have watched it, let me know four two one five at the Salat or do. And if you're just tuning in and 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 mad at yourself for missing the show uh, the first segment was about the Ballon d'Or and how the Ballon d'Or has been decided we broke it down for you in all the categories who's judging how they came to that conclusion and the top 10 we spoke about that earlier and also we spoke about the Rugby 7s and shout out to everyone who's just jumping in the room now from uh, Mo Hajar to Walid who was one of the uh, the futsal champions of the uae Walid, i loved interviewing him actually during uh covid if i'm not mistaken uh ivan one of my uh condado fc players and jose as well and khalid number one between the sticks right okay we're going to be taking a quick break now but we've got one more segment coming up keep those questions coming in and we'll be answering that straight after this here's some bruno mars enjoy this is the halftime show with Omar Paduri on Oh, he loves to fire that. What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! And sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Adori. And you know, you can always trust the halftimers to be dropping some questions. I mean, some even about fantasy football. I, I told you, I don't need a co-host. These guys <laughs> do, do the right thing. <laughs> Be a man. Uh, you know, are fantastic. Okay, right. Let's see what, what kind of questions they've asked here. Um, uh, Masoud from India is saying, what does it take to be a successful sportsman? That's a, oof, you're coming with the fire today, Masoud. Um Honestly, when it comes down to being a successful sportman, firstly, it's identifying what your objectives are. What is it that you're looking to achieve personally and collectively? And this is something, again, you know, relating to the Ballon d'Or and, and team sports and etc. When you set your own objectives and you kind of focus on what you need to do, you're going to come across so many challenges. You're going to come across so many, uh, you know, wins, losses, draws, surprises. And it's not just going to be through sport. It's going to be through social as well. It's going to be through life lessons. So I think identifying what your objectives are, learning to trust the process as well, especially if you have a clear vision of what you want to do. If you don't have a clear vision, then finding someone who you can turn to to help you with that vision. I think that's very, very important. And then it comes down to how you define success. Is it development? Is it trophies? Is it... uh, being recognized is it being famous is it popularity what what is it and and from that point i think once you once you find your why then you're able to have a a much clearer idea on what it is you require to achieve that result so i hope that's answered your question masoud um we've got uh imran do you think barcelona's new tactics can win them the match versus bayern I don't, I don't know. Has has Javi had enough time? You know, that's another thing I, I kind of have to ask you guys. Does um, does Javi, has Javi had enough time to relate the message to his players before they face, you know, the the, the big teams? It's it's huge. And right now, especially with coaches, the lifespan of a coach is very very slim. Like you, you don't find coaches staying 
for long uh, periods. So, you know, your Arsene Wenger days, your Sir Alex Ferguson days, those days are gone now. So coaches, you know, if they can stay in the same place for longer than a couple of years, you've got to consider that success. And that's in all sports, by the way, not just, you know, you know, not just one sport. So I would definitely say that... Um, Javi probably is doing the right thing by bringing in the academy players because those players are hungry and they have no fear and they're able to express themselves and, and also bless the you know the shirt of Barcelona. So I hope that's answered your question. What's up, Angel? Hope you're feeling good after your session earlier. And Spicy's in the building as well. It's been a while since we had Spicy here. Prabir is here. Wow. Okay, we've got some, some cool people here. Um, why and then how? Great. Well done. Okay, is anyone... What's this? Any, uh, okay, so blessing. Anyone not captain Mo Salah in fantasy football today? You know what? I haven't. And that's going to cost me. I know it. I know you guys are going to come in on Monday and say you should have done it. And you're probably going to be right. But I just had a feeling, even though I've backed Liverpool to win the league this year from the beginning. Not not now when things are a bit more clearer and Chelsea and City are up there. No, I, I kind of... And I'm sticking with it just because... I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm really stubborn. Um, but yeah, I, I've backed them. I've backed them to 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 finish first this year. It's a crazy thing, but hey, listen. If we get it right, then that's going to be interesting. Um, Spicy has sent me a message saying, "Ralph, <laughs> that's probably why he's been hiding. Now he's coming out. Um, I think he's great. I think he's um, really good, and I think he's uh, very." Uh, very knowledgeable you know like I said before on the show what Bielsa is to Pochettino and Pep uh, Ralph is to Tuchel and Klopp and and he's a he's a man's man when it comes down to coaching and the philosophy of the game and how things should be done so yes I think I think United might even be surprised in the long term what he can do with them especially his ideas uh, ideas are fantastic right okay we are reaching full time on the halftime show thank you very much for tuning in I love being in the studio and and love listening to your thoughts and also your comments have been fire today it's kept me uh, in a very very good mood across the hour uh, I will be back here same time, same place every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 UAE time. Uh, thank you very much to Florin and the baby princess that was born. Uh, and also, uh, thank you very much for Debo from Florida, Masoud from India, Dino from the UK, and everyone here who has been fantastic on there. Um, AK saying, Barca players were way too dependent on Messi. Now they need to reprogram their minds. Very good, AK. And Masoud has probably given me an idea for the next show any tips you would like to give to all the strugglers to all the struggles players about on reset you know what Masoud I'm going to dedicate that question as one of my segments on Monday how about that just send me that question again in my DM and I will have a whole segment on that question this is full time on the halftime show have a fantastic day folks stay blessed and I will see you soon on the only place to be at three the halftime show on Pulse 95 this is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m. 